You're listening to Modern Multifamily, a podcast that inspires industry operators and suppliers to think bigger. My name is Mike Wilbur, the Chief Revenue Officer of Rent Dynamics, and in this show, I'm sitting down with leaders across the multifamily industry to discuss topics tied to innovation, technology, and improving renter experiences. Welcome to another episode of Modern Multifamily. I had a blast getting to know Jay-Z on this episode. I think he's done an absolutely stellar job of being intentional about his social presence and building a personal brand. In this episode, we talk through all sorts of actionable insight, how you can get involved in social, especially without it being overwhelming. I really appreciated that Jay-Z actually taught me how to use my microphone correctly. I'd been using it wrong for the last six episodes. And at the end, we talk about the silver lining of the pandemic, which for Jay-Z was Apple TV. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed making it. Let's get into it. Well, Jay-Z, thanks for joining today. You are the first guest that I've ever initially met on Twitter, and I have so many questions for you. I'd love to start with one that you're not ready for. When did it become Jay-Z? Has it always <laughs> been Jay-Z? How, how did that happen? It's so odd story. Um, my name is Jake Zachariah, and I've had that my whole life. Uh, well, Jacob Zachariah, but you know nobody calls me that. I call myself Jake. And in like geometry class or something in high school, they were the teacher was like naming sides in letters, and they were like, "Let's use initials." And she said Jay Z, and the whole class laughed. And I was like, "What? I don't get it." And then they introduced me to Jay Z's music, and I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" And then I let it go. Like I totally forgot about it for a long time. And then when I started at a role a couple of years ago, they had a bad experience with a, a guy named Jake before me. And so they were like, we refuse. We're not calling you Jake, you're Jay-Z. And I was like, and it stuck. It just stuck. Like everybody's calling me Jay-Z. It's memorable. I love it. It's also fun to kind of like troll people a little bit sometimes. Cause I'm like, I'm Jay-Z. And they're like, oh, ha ha ha. That's funny. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? Like what, what's funny about it? That's my name. And, and then they, they have this like awkward, like, uh, oh no. And they try to explain Beyonce to me and, and that whole thing. And I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm really just messing with you. Like he's, he's like one of the largest music personalities in existence. You don't have to explain who Beyonce is. That's hilarious. So when I first interacted with you on social, I saw Jay-Z, I definitely thought about Jay-Z. Are you a hip hop fan? Yeah. I, well, I mean, I have to be, I think I mean, I'm going to use it. I'm going to use those initials. I kind of have to be. So yeah. Uh, Hova, uh, totally, totally into Jay-Z. Um, and I, I think he's probably the only one the, or the main part of, of hip hop that I'm into, into all kinds of music and stuff a little bit more like chill and low key as I get older, but definitely Jay-Z and, and Beyonce are, are two of my tops. That's cool. I love it. So I, I'd love to start today, just like a little bit of a background, who you are, what you're up to, your story and your words, not mine. Well, I've been in multifamily for what, 15 years now uh, in like so many kinds of roles, uh, kind of like a jack of all trades, uh, leasing, operations, management, training, marketing in onsite roles, regional, national, all stuff in like multifamily. And I've been mostly in, I think all in Florida. Now that I think about it, it's all been in Florida um, 
is my regions, but I've been a big fan of our industry association. So I've been very involved in IRAM and NAA. I've earned uh, IRAM certification, like the ARM, which is the accredited residential manager, NAA certifications, CAPS, CAM, which is certified apartment portfolio supervisor and certified apartment manager for the uninitiated. And those are a few things I'm passionate about in multifamily, the training, the on-site management, the whole process, just providing people homes, quality homes. It's been my thing, but just outside of multifamily, super big fan of marketing in general, social media, personal branding. And lately I've been really getting into the era of like digital-based relationships and even like leading ed technology. I mean, I have tons and tons of Apple devices around me, even at this moment, like too many. It's it's insane. And, and I've always, I think, always, always, always been a fan of like efficient systems in the workplace, like finding ways to do the same thing better, easier, faster, with less energy and less effort. Okay. I'm going to write that down. I want to come back to efficient systems in the workplace here in a bit. I'm curious. So like you just talked about all the stuff I want to talk to you about today. And I think for me, one of my intentions with this podcast was to talk to people who are helping to modernize or push the industry forward. And one of the things that I talk a lot about with, you know, the teams I've managed friends in the space is being more intentional about social. I see a lot of people talk about how they want to get more active on LinkedIn or Twitter right now. Club clubhouse has definitely been the rage in terms of people starting different groups and communities, but, but for you, you seem like you've been really intentional, but I'm sure that's been a, a work in progress, but what has your approach been to really making social be part of Jay-Z at large, but also as all these new technologies continue to show up into our laps? Thank you for noticing. That uh, is been my, I have been very intentional with it. And I think I've always been excited about social media. I've, I've, I saw it as like an opportunity to connect with people that you might not ever get the chance to meet or run into in the real world. I mean, if you think about the entire history of mankind, far-reaching friendships and networks, at least geographically speaking, it's like a relatively recent thing uh, and a lot of acceleration since social media. So that's always been pretty interesting to me. I, I was excited in the early days of social media, but my approach was very much similar then to like what everything everyone else was doing. Here are my thoughts. Here's a picture of my lunch. Here are the pictures of the kids. Here are pictures of my dog. And you have some social interaction, but it feels like easy or lazy now. Like, I mean, that's all we had. That's all we knew in the wild, wild west days of social media, as I call them. But I mean, it feels easy. Um, it's like those people who have, they always start small talk with, so this weather we're having, right? Um, it's it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, weather, everyone experiences it. It's, it's, it's not new uh, or deep or whatever. But a while back, I watched a video and this person, a very logical and like self-admittedly introverted person who was not into social media, kind of looked at social media and he built this really huge uh, following and he kind of broke the whole process down from what he could see. And I was just so interested in it because it was just breaking my mind open about the whole thing. And he uh, talked about providing value from social media first. And he defined it as kind of like when you put your thought out there 
or a picture of your kids or the dog or whatever, you're asking people to like it, to comment or to share or whatever. And that's taking value from them, not giving. So they can see a little bit of value from like maybe seeing the cute picture of the kids, but they're not, they have to do more of the work by commenting and liking. You kind of just put it out there and you expect people to like it. And that's um, kind of defined the difference, like that moment, like define the difference for social media for me, because really social media thrives on providing value. You don't get followers just because you posted a picture of the kids, you get followers because people are very interested. So the flip side would be like sharing insights from your experience or tips on how people can improve aspects of their life. And even stuff like when large accounts have like the, all these thousands of replies and they'll never get to them. They'll never see them or they'll never get to around to answering them. You can jump in and, and be the person that, hey, I know about that. I can answer. I can help. And people see value in that. And then they they start following you. So that kind of realization for me and, and then using that to be intentional to instead of taking value from people or expecting value from people, I would then turn around and share value. So I just looked at the things that I know of myself. I have experience, insights in, and I could share that. Joined into things like Twitter chats, which is really like someone that has an account uh, sets out like seven to 10 questions or somewhere around there through an hour. And they post those questions in that hour And a lot of people get to respond back to them and jump in. And you have so many conversations that grow out of these questions, but you build uh, relationships with other people, help find answers for them, share that value. And that kind of builds the community and widens your network. And like I said, it, it was that moment that I realized that the giving of value first without the expectation of it and not taking, not taking the like from someone before I gave them something that was like worthy. And that changed dramatically for me. I on Twitter, I went from like 150 people following me to 1700. I think it is now. I have replicated that on other platforms that I felt were valuable. So like LinkedIn, the same way I would started following people on LinkedIn instead of connecting with them first, because I wanted to see what they were sharing, interact with what they were sharing before. If I've never met them before, connecting just didn't make sense. And again, that's kind of like that intentional way of sharing value, of building those relationships with people. Then I got to see it. The value that I got from it was having a wider network to to be involved in. Totally. So I have a couple follow-up questions there, but real quick, I'm curious. I am obsessed with this notion or conversation of imposter syndrome. I'm curious if you've heard about that before. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Imposter syndrome. So if like, if I have the definition right, it's uh, the feeling of, and regardless of like actual skill or talent level, it's like the feeling of being exposed as an imposter and as you are increasingly more in public or at like elevated roles or something, you know, as people share more or create content or even pursue advanced promotions at like employment or something like that. There's this impending doom. I think that people start to feel that someone's going to figure out that they're faking it or that they don't belong or they're imposter or something. I think that's the the definition of 
you yeah, nailed awesome. it. <laughs> and and the reason that I think about it is because I think one of the things that holds people back in getting active on social is imposter syndrome. And I'm looking at Harvard Business Review right now, and they define it as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. And it disproportionately affects your willingness or ability to do something because you think someone might call you out as a fraud or think you're faking it, especially as you talk about giving value. But I, I, I love social media. I'm really intentional with mine as well. And it's changed my career. I've built amazing connections. I've hired people because of social. I'm interviewing you because of social. I've made investments into companies because of social, but I'm curious from your perspective, when you started in social now to having 1700 followers on Twitter, I think you have like 12,000 on LinkedIn. At what point did you say it's go time or you're going to get over that fear of failure or not getting engagement and activity? Because I know people are being held back and it's almost all mental, I believe. Yeah. So that's definitely an accurate correlation between people not wanting to get active into social and imposter syndrome. I feel like that. And I think it's like a largely a side effect of the dark side of social media, right? Where uh, not only do we get to see these like amazing people putting themselves out there, creating content and sharing ideas. But we also see the trolls and the criticism, the tearing down of other people. So like it's as much the parting of the clouds and and the light coming down from the heavens as much as it is a dumpster fire. So it's very equally both of those things. And so we all want to obviously to have, you know, angels singing as the clouds, clouds part. But we also see that there are people out there who really do you know, criticize a lot. And I think people hold back because they see the trolling and they don't want it to happen to them. But in my experience, I feel like I've all, for me, I've always seen that there are more people who see value than those people who believe the trolls. I mean, it's a net positive. You have more, if you have two people who find value in what you share and one person who criticizes, then you've balanced out in the net positive, but only if you share. So if you're silent, you're quiet, and you're hidden, no one gets those the benefit. So you don't get to share, and no one gets the benefit from your experience. And I think, you know, side note, uh, this is something that I've been talking about a lot about lately. The only real imposters, only the real imposters don't feel imposter syndrome. So, I mean, if you're feeling like, like, should I share this? Or I'm like, who am I? I'm not the expert on this. I mean, why should I even share? Why should anyone like my stuff? I mean, that's kind of a clue. You're probably a genuinely valuable source of wisdom and insight because like the real imposters would never even have those doubts. Like they are like, I'm amazing. I'm wonderful. I'm just going to share it. And it's like, bro, you've used 17 acronyms in like a 20 word sentence. I, I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. But I mean, you sound confident, um, but like those are the real imposters, the people who are just sh- breaking it down and and sharing insights or, or giving good value to people. Yeah, you're going to see or feel like, oh, somebody might criticize me or might think that I'm a, a, a fraud or uh, I think, but I think that's just like trailing. Uh, I guess the way to call it would be like the the trailing self-awareness. You're just not there yet to see how awesome you really are. Other people are already seeing it. That's why they're asking you to share. That's why they're liking your content stuff. You're just not up to speed with your own self-awareness of how awesome you really are. Um, and I think and on the, on the flip side, real imposters are very much forward 
of where they really are. Their self-awareness, they they think they are so much more amazing and they've got years to go before they hit it. So, you know, balance yourself out. <laughs> no, I think, I think that's, uh, honestly, I think that's pretty, pretty wise. I'm curious to so like you earlier mentioning personal branding. I have always been curious how people decide to get active on social or like what they want to do with their personal brand, whether that's the audience that they're building or the reputation they're developing, you know, in their, in their niche or their niche, depending how you pronounce that word, which always confuses me. I'm curious for you, how, how intentional have you been in terms of deciding why you want to build, you know, a brand for yourself an audience followers, et cetera, because it's a lot of work. It's, it's definitely not, it's not one of those things like snap, snap your fingers and you've got 20,000 people that know Jay-Z. So I'm curious, what has the intention been behind the why of getting active and, and building a brand for yourself? So for me, I think it was really just the recognition that the days of working 40 years for one company, uh, it's gone. Like that's just out the door. So there's really a limited amount of time and energy and resources for every individual person. So you're going to have to have a wider network than you used to um, because there's just limitations to things. You, you're never going to be able to get on a plane and spend the time and the money and energy to go to every conference around the country or invite the greatest people in your industry to coffee. Like it just won't happen. There's just not enough time. But on social media, by finding your niche and like finding the valuable things that you know a lot about and unearthing the confidence to share and engage, you're able to like connect with people like all over the world in adjacent industries and parallel industries and all over the place before you used to just literally only know the people in your area. But now we have this like interconnectedness. So if you're going to have to switch companies every once in a while to, to be able to grow your career, grow professionally, or even just build your own business, you're going to have to have a larger network of people. And I think that was kind of my intention with just building a brand. Cause even in the multifamily, think about this in just multifamily. I started off in leasing and when my property got sold, I had a choice. I could stay in the same city or I could stay with the company and move to a different city. So I could stay in the same city and just work for a different company, or I could work for the same company and just work in, and move to a different city. So you have to make that choice. And I, either I would be moving around all the time geographically to stay with the same company and build my career, or I'd have to have a wider network because I like to, I wanted to stay in an area. And I think that was kind of when it started to hit home for me that I needed to have a wider network and you used to be able to just, the only outlet you had was to join an association or go to those conferences. And But even then you were very limited. You didn't have a lot of the technology to keep connected with people. And now we have that. So instead of me ha- actually going to a coffee shop with someone, I can share stuff, share a, a mini kind of podcast on my Twitter, share a video, have a conversation with someone out out in the open and people can follow me passively, asynchronously. They don't have to be there at the same time, but they can still get a sense of who I am. And the more people that follow and engage with me, 
then it just gives more social proof that I know what I'm talking about, that I'm worthy of being uh, in your network and you're worthy of being in my network because we've got all these people that are in common and we should share ideas and, and share stuff that we've created so that we can all hype each other up. Okay. I think it just really bears out of being uh, so interconnected now and the world has changed and you kind of have to, I think they called it reputation before and now it's kind of a personal brand. Yeah. And so like you, you knew somebody because somebody talked about somebody and they're like, Oh yeah, I know that guy. I heard about him. And now it's, we call it a personal brand because you're the one doing the work. You're not really being heard about through other people. You're just being heard about through other, through other people interacting with your, your personal brand. Yeah. I think that's spot on. So Jay-Z, one of the things I'm personally curious about is the spirit of overwhelm. I think someone can feel when getting engaged in social because there are so many networks to choose from. I think a lot of business professionals like you and I think of LinkedIn as being the place to connect with other business professionals. But personally, I've jumped onto the Twitter train and learned a lot in the past couple of months about angel investing and venture capital and marketing in a way that I never could have on LinkedIn. But now you've got Clubhouse, Twitter Spaces, Dispo, TikTok. Do you spend time on all of them? Do you pick a couple and go super deep? I'm really curious what your take is on how to choose where you should spend your time because it's important, but time is also finite for all of us. Yeah. My personal philosophy on where to spend your time is to use the social platforms that you're the most passionate about or you find the most interest in, whether you want to spread organically because you're just so interested in all of them, or you want to find uh, one or two to really dive in deeply uh, into, wherever you're going to uh, be passionate, wherever you're going to follow up, wherever you're going to consistently show up, do that. So if that is one post a day on 20 different platforms or interacting with some kind of platform, all of them, one a day for 20 of them, and you want to spread it out, great. If you want to do five or 10 really deeply thought out uh, pieces of content or sharing ideas or wisdom or experience, if you want to do that on just one or two a day or one or two a week, if you just want to write a newsletter and that's what you want to share and you want to make that social and and like tie it into your Twitter or reshare again on LinkedIn or something like that, the best. The best thing is going to be wherever you show up. So if you are that deep person and you try to do the or like spread yourself out over over all of them, you're going to find yourself wearing out and you're not going to follow up and you're not going to be able to create the momentum. So uh, maybe eventually after a couple of deep dives into a couple networks, you'll find the momentum to spread that along. The great thing too is like, and we say that as, as marketers, to take the content and then find ways to share it into new formats. So I, I have used to uh, come up with a lot of like blog posts or like long form writing. And cause I'm, I'm, I think I'm better at that, like, especially like thematic writing. So you give me something to write about, give me a question. I will just write the ever living daylights out of it. And then I can take that and break up take out some really good ideas, these little gems and share it on Twitter and share it on LinkedIn or create posts about it or whatever it is. But ideally, the place that you're going to want to spend time is the best place. And whether that's one or 
whether that's one or 20 of them, that's going to be the best. Wherever you want to show up is going to be where you want to be. I think that's probably the best advice from today. I think making it energetic, not having it feel like a grind, it should be fun. Uh, Like people like you and I think might find joy in clubhouse, but some people might not want to talk after five. And so you can kind of choose to spend your time where you find energy. I think that's great advice. Earlier, when you were talking about the macro benefits of social media, one of the things you talked about, Jay-Z, was finding efficient systems that you have been able to implement into the workplace. Part of this, I think, is probably you personally, but also things you've learned from connecting with others. Curious if there are any specific aspects in your world from a business standpoint where you've actually leveraged social media or a network and how you've learned from others to modernize an aspect of your business to make it more efficient for your colleagues. I'm always going after low-hanging fruit to make business (laughs) faster, more fun, more efficient. This is kind of a random one, but is there anything top of mind worth sharing? One of the things I love the most about creating a wider network of awesome people to share ideas with is like the tips and tricks that you can find from them. If you didn't have a private tutor or a mentor earlier on in your life or career, you're kind of just learning as you go. You only seek solutions when you find problems. But I think one of my favorite things about having a wider wider network following awesome people is that they share their awesome solutions to the problems when they find them. So you're learning proactively. I don't have the the efficiency workflow problem yet, or I don't have the email problem yet, but I I saw that post or I and I bookmarked it and I saved it or I read it or whatever. And you're, get, you're able to learn and prepare uh, for these life tests before you even know that you have them. So I found oh so many things like so many systems. Notion is one of my favorites. It's it's co- totally changed 2020 and 2021 for me because. I can't, I used to use other systems to kind of like collect notes or links or or whatever, but Notion just is so very valuable and customizable for what you need it to be that you can just organize a whole bunch of stuff and you can share it and create checklists and copy them over and over again. Or you know, there's all kinds of different ways that you can use it. So I found that from literally just watching some other person who was the head of marketing of some other organization and he asked for, oh my gosh, what's your best note saving system? And everyone's like, Notion, Notion, Notion. I was like, I have to check this out. So I checked it out. I would never have known about it had I not been active on Twitter. Oh, email. I hate email. It's the worst. <laughs> uh, I hate email, but but I mean, it's useful, but I just, I hate how it's evolved. And so like you get all these like tasks coming in and I'm like, oh, I don't know how to handle all this stuff. So I've used these awesome people and things that they suggest not just like an actual app or a system that you use, but it's, or yeah, it's a system that you use, not an actual app and just ways that you can get about. And it doesn't work for everyone. And some people try it and they're like, I don't like it, but like trying it and finding out that you, that you are more efficient because you use this system that somebody suggests, or I do it this way. Like, and now I have a waiting on folder in my email and it's life-changing for me and work because I will send an email, I will copy myself on it and I never have to forget about it. And then like, when somebody asks me, where's this thing? Oh, I was waiting on so-and-so. I never have to say that because I copy myself on that email I sent to that person. 
And then I immediately drop it in my waiting on folder. So whenever, you know, once a day, I'll just go and open my, what am I waiting on? And I'll be like, nudge, nudge. Hey, I'm, I'm still waiting on that thing. Can you get it to me today? And people are like, oh yeah, I totally forgot. Whereas they would have gone weeks before I pinged them again. Now I can ping them a little bit sooner and keep get, be a little bit more efficient with the tasks that have been assigned to me. Just because there's one little tip, it was literally someone was just like, I use a waiting on folder. And I was like, that is mind blowing. So money. Yeah. Well, it's funny because <laughs> I think too often everyone expects there to be a perfect way to do everything. And I think too often we waste a lot of time trying to find that perfect way. I've never heard of a waiting on folder, but that sounds super smart. And you probably have your systems. I'm still using an archaic notebook, but it works for me. And I think half the time, it's all about finding that system that works for your personality, your mentality, your willingness to develop something and and jump all into it. So I think that's super cool to, to, to hear about. Well, and you know, the other thing too, that I found recently, I swapped from a Windows computer to an Apple computer and nothing is the same. Mm-hmm. It's nothing is the same. And I found instead of relying on that system that I thought worked for me, finding ways or like regular intervals where you can swap the whole thing and just switch everything up really works because it forced me to learn new ways to do the same thing. And in many, t- many cases, I was able to find better or faster ways through forcing myself to change. So it was like, I, I, you know what? I'm done. I took this laptop. I closed it. I sent it back and I opened up my Apple computer and I was like, I just got to figure it out. And sometimes it took me a little bit longer, but in the end, I found much better ways, much more efficient ways. And I, and I don't think it was solely because it's an Apple computer, even though I am an Apple fan. I don't think it was solely because of that. I think it was because I, I forced myself after a few years of doing it you know, this way, that that way actually turned out to, to save me a little bit of time or be a little more efficient and gave me more time or energy that I could go back into you know, revisiting it. And is this really the best work? Cause I have a little bit more time now instead of just the old way I was used to doing it. So I want to end with kind of a call to action or inspiration for someone who's thinking about getting active on social and, and hasn't yet jumped all in. I loved your recommendation early Jay-Z, which was rather than creating content, going on to LinkedIn or Twitter and looking at a big brand's feed where you might be an expert and engaging with others to give them value on a feed where the business isn't actually responding. But curious if there's like one piece of advice you could, you'd give someone who's thinking about getting more active in social, starting their personal branding journey. What's one thing someone can do differently tomorrow to start turning that idea into a reality? Literally just do it. And I know that sounds so simple and simplistic, but look at Joe Rogan's first podcast. It was a disaster compared to what they are now. And I I don't mean that in like a derogatory way. Like he just got better. If you go look at anyone's early work, nobody was perfect in the beginning. Nobody knew really what they were doing. They just started going forward. They had a kind of an idea, take a day to think about it. And then the next day you need to just jump in and just start sharing. And if it doesn't hit, if it doesn't roll, then, you know, I'm a marketer. So AB tests, try it again, try a different time of day, try a different audience. Uh, Maybe it, maybe it doesn't hit on Twitter, but it works well on LinkedIn. But the other thing is if you're, if you don't really have a big following, so you're not going to get a lot of engagement. 
So the best way is, like I said uh, earlier, to go find those accounts or that conversation that's already happening and join in. Give the answers that they aren't getting from maybe the source. And the best way is to just find places that you're already interested. So like, I love people in our industry, like Dr. Debbie Phillips, and I love bigger people who are just a little bit more worldwide, like Simon Sinek and these great people, and they're sharing content and people are jumping in and asking questions and they're not getting answers because the account's just too large. So I jump in and I just share a little bit of information. And then they're like, hey, that's valuable. They'll come, they'll follow you. And now you've got a little bit wider network so that when you do feel comfortable sharing that stuff that you've created, you're going to get a little bit more engagement, a little bit more feedback. And you can use that to you know, test and improve, test and improve, test and improve. And eventually you will get that personal brand, that wider network of people who know who you are, but more importantly, know what you're about, know how valuable you are. So that when the time comes to call on them and ask for something, I don't care if that's an app recommendation like me or a job that you might need down down the road. It's like, hey, you know, it, it could be for any reason whether you want to to grow or your parents are sick in a different state and you want to take care of them. You just got to move, but you now you need people to help you find a, a job that's either remote or in that area so that you can you know live your life. All of that requires the work earlier on. And if you're too scared to share and you're asking for favors when you need them before you've built a network to call on, people are, aren't as trusting. They aren't as willing to go out there and help you. I have found when they don't even know who you are. So when they know who you are, when they know what you're about, it's so much easier for people to be like, yeah, no, I, I, I know Mike. And I would share, I mean, let me, let me answer this question. Let me find somebody. You're hiring somebody. That's one of my favorite things to do on LinkedIn. If you're, if I, I see someone who's hiring or someone who's looking for a job and I just use what, what little network I have built um, to, to share it and say, Hey, if they find a job or they find the perfect person for their team, that's great. And they're going to look back on me and say, Hey, he was really valuable. That really helped. And, you know, if he ever needs some help, I'll share in the future and see what I can do to help. I think that's totally gold. Thanks for ending with that. One of my new rituals has been ending with this question. Have you streamed or watched anything lately that's caught your, you know, attention, been binge worthy, worth sharing? I have noticed this in your podcast. So I was kind of like expecting this one. But you know, what's funny is I've been on a nostalgia run with streaming lately. I've used like the the pandemic to not consume new stuff, but to revisit old stuff. And maybe that's just my my weird brain working. So currently I'm on the third season of Lost from the mid 2000s. Love it. And I am like, I don't remember this. I don't remember this. Oh my gosh, this is happening. No, it didn't happen. I don't even, I don't even remember this. So yeah. So love that. I'm so in love with that show and rewatching it. But the newest thing that I've seen that I absolutely love and I cannot recommend it enough is Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Plus? It's on my list. I just haven't started yet. It's such a good show, man. It was so fun and lovable. I loved it. I just like every, I I found myself watching and re-watching episodes just because it was so fun. And it's just an all around good, good show to watch. Okay. So two comments real quick. My wife and I redid Lost this last summer. And I feel like, like a fine wine, it got better with time. We had the exact same. We had so much fun. And I think Apple TV's content has been remarkable. I think their platform morning show, like really some really good stuff. Oh yeah. No, I haven't found one that I have disliked. Servant, 
the morning show is amazing. C was so much different than I thought it was going to be and so much better. So yeah, I think we were poised. I, I'm about TV is coming out of the pandemic as a silver lining winner because the pandemic sucked. But if ever people were in front of their TVs and all this, t- this content that Apple TV had really put out, they may not have considered it. And it's, I'm just sitting there watching. I'm like, this is great. And I this totally is, I, I bought a new phone and it came for free for a whole year. And I was like, I'm getting this for free. I want to pay them. Like, uh, so it's, it's been a, it's been a great experience, but yeah, I'll tell you, Ted Lasso, like just blew the top off. I, I don't, I am not a big fan of like little sitcom kind of shows. And that one just stole my heart and ran away with it. It was the best. I love it. Last question. If someone wants to get in touch with you, pick your brain about social, building a personal brand or follow you on social to see how you're doing it, leading by example, what is the best way for someone to get in touch? And I'll be sure to include this in the show notes. Awesome. Jay-Z, Jake Z. You can type it in pretty much anywhere. Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, everywhere. Um, My website's also Jay-Z, Jake Z. Dot com And then there's a place where you can connect and, and get linked to all that stuff. I even put, what's funny is I put a, a Goodreads link to, you know, that Kindle, Amazon book social sharing. And you don't even think of that as like a social sharing network. It totally is. Like you're, if you're a book reader, that's the place where you can go. You can comment on all kinds of book stuff. Yeah. I've been getting into book reading a lot lately and sharing all of the stuff that I, I read up on there. So that's even another one that you can Jay-Z, Jake-Z uh, okay. at Goodreads. <laughs> Jay-Z, don't forget it. All right. Hey, well, thanks a ton for joining today. That was a blast. Absolutely.